Welcome to Pigskins and Pageantry, a podcast dedicated to all things SEC football. My name is Wes, and I'd like to invite you to join me, Jesse, and Matt each week as we discuss last week's games, news from around the league, make predictions for the upcoming games, and much, much more. All right, so so who bit who on the nose now? Like, What is going on here? There is a lot of... Um meat and non-meat related news coming out of Fayetteville. And I think it's really important. And it's the the things that we like to cover here on Pigskins and Pageantry. Yeah, only the, only the so, most important news. It, it is football related. I yeah. will connect it. You just have to be patient with me. But the Beyond Meat, and if you are not familiar, it's the vegetarian, I don't know, potentially vegan meat substitute. You can get like all the burgers. It's kind of like impossible. Like Beyond Meat, um, Chief Operating Officer was arrested over the weekend on, on suspicion of biting a man's nose during a fight after the Arkansas football game in the parking lot. So the the police arrested, um, oh, it's vegan. Here, we've learned something. It's vegan. Vegan food purveyor CEO Doug Ramsey on charges of terroristic threatening and third degree battery. He was released an $11,000 bond, um, but essentially, and he's been suspended effective immediately by the company, but uh, he punched through the back windshield of a Subaru that had hit the tire of his Bronco. And it happened in a parking garage uh, for the stadium, for Razorback Stadium. And the Subaru driver said that he pulled him in close, started punching his body, and bit him, ripping off the flesh of the tip of his nose. So I just feel like that's really important news. How does this help us? What have we learned? I don't know. Learned that people need to control themselves up in Arkansas, man, biting people's noses off. Like what in the world, man? I, like, I have no idea, especially when you work for you, a vegan company. Let's say you your your football team is is you know on a good run right now you guys are you know in a good spot way better than you used to be a few years ago and times times should be happy up there right i mean like come on basically i I just want to tell all the razorback fans just be careful you know just watch where you're backing up that subaru and also if somebody is coming after you do not let that window down. Absolutely yeah. not. Your nose is in danger. Now, this man has been released on bond, and you can't get in trouble once that's happened. But he could be at this weekend's game. We just don't know. So be on the lookout. His mugshot is actually terrifying. He does appear um, as someone who makes a living making meth in a trailer in the backwoods of Fayetteville. So I, I would be on the lookout for Douglas be on the lookout for for douglas yeah so i i don't know um if nothing else this is like a psa to just have people just be on the lookout watch watch out watch yourselves uh look out for douglas just, um <laughs> it just yeah i read that news and i was like i'm sorry what this headline can't be real no it's on cnn so it's yeah uh, it is in fact real and the irony of a, a vegan uh ceo or you say ceo coo see one of the ceos a vegan company's coo biting the meat portion of someone's nose (laughs) all right well let's uh let's go ahead and get into the speed round speed round 
round. All right, so um, I think I'll be taking part in this one. I, I neglected to mention uh, Matt's. Uh, obviously, if you're watching, he's not here tonight. Um, he had uh, had to get uh, he got pulled away. So um, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to question one from the speed round, and uh, let's get get right into the controversy. All right, Jesse, whose coaching stint will end first, Eli Drinkwitz or Brian Harson? Mm, I'm gonna have to go with Brian Harson. Okay. And the reason I say that is because Missouri has already been far more patient with Eli Drinkwitz than I would be. That's a good point. And I, who could say if their record is going to be better or worse than it has been, but with Brian Harson, I think there are greater expectations on the planes than there are in Mizzou. And they've already talked about firing him that's already been circulated around so if you're on thin ice this quickly i don't think that bodes well for you especially seeing how the program is doing whereas with drinkwitz i think they kind of are a little more patient but also it seems a little easier to hire a big name in auburn than it does at mizzou yeah and uh you know not for not trying to you know go along with, with well, your answer there but uh i mean i can't disagree i mean i, I that's 100 uh, accurate the uh i would say that um the eli drinkwitz era is not going well it's it's um if anything i think things have kind of gotten worse up there but uh but i think you're right i think the pressure is more at, at auburn they expect more at auburn um they don't expect anything up in Mizzou, but definitely Auburn. Auburn's, you know, one of those higher pressure jobs. So I, I would agree with you. It's also one of those SEC programs that is a historic SEC program. Mizzou right. is still fairly new to the yeah. conference, uh, which doesn't necessarily matter, but it kind of does to SEC fans and to, I would imagine, the boosters. Yeah, I think there is some some level of expectation uh, difference there by nature of what you just said. Of, I mean, uh, your your biggest rival or one of your biggest rivals is in the same state as you. Your other yeah. biggest rival just won a national championship. And so I I would say there are higher expectations at Auburn than there are at Mizzou. And just to, just saying that Brian Harson will go first doesn't mean that Eli Drinkwitz is going to last a long time at Mizzou either. As it, that difference could be one year, it could be one game, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. All right, let's move to question number two. Have we seen Anthony Richardson's ceiling as a college quarterback? Do you think that um, what we've seen is just going to be more of the same as he goes along, or do you think he will develop? I think he's I. I hope he will develop. I think, and I, I believe I said it earlier this week when we recorded, I think he's a two-year guy. He mm -hmm. needs that experience. He needs a coach that, you know, obviously recruited him, but this one didn't. And so this coach is learning him. He's learning this program and this coach, and they're trying to develop their own culture there. He's trying to instill confidence in this young man that, you know, he, is fairly new to. So I think we need to give him until next season, probably midway through next season, and you'll start to see some improvement, but I don't think so. I think there's some talent there. And as long as there's the abil ability to develop that talent, which we've seen at other programs, they don't. Um, and he has the proper coaching staff in place. Then I think we will see uh, the ceiling 
a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, I, I want to believe just, you know, obviously as a Georgia fan, I, I don't really care if he develops or not, but just objectively looking at it, I do hope that he, uh, you know, develops. Um, and I, here's another reason why I think that he will Im- continue to improve is um, not only is he extremely talented, um, but uh, he seems to have the right attitude also in the interviews that I've heard. Um, he's very humble um, and he doesn't, you know, uh, talk up his own game a lot. Like you see a, a lot of these, a lot of these guys do. Um, so I think he's, I think he's very, te- he seems teachable and coachable. And so that's really what you need. I mean, so um, the talents there, I think that he will probably improve. The question is whether he's teachable and coachable or not, uh, is the staff in place there that's going to help him? You know, it's one thing to be teachable and in place there, right? Like, I mean, we see it in the NFL right now. You see somebody like Tom Brady, and I know people will cite his personal things that are happening as well as his age, but he does not have the weapons in Tampa Bay that yeah. he has had in the past. They're gone or they're hurt. There's a lot happening. He doesn't have the O-line. So yeah. his stats naturally decrease. His performance naturally decreases because he's getting hit a lot more. He's having to scramble a lot more. You need those pieces in place as a quarterback to do your job well. And yeah. then we get into that whole thing of, I don't know. It depends how recruiting goes. It depends how the development of those other players go, but we talked about it last week. The transfer portal is insane. They could get those weapons or if he doesn't feel like he's getting what he needs there and he doesn't feel like he's getting the coaching and development there, he can easily transfer. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Brady can't throw the ball and catch the ball himself, Jesse. Gosh, I know. Do you remember remember when, when Giselle tweeted that? This yeah. has been years ago. Of course, you know, yes, Tom Brady's, I on, as I say, Tom Brady's only been playing for 50 years by now. So this has been a long time ago, but yeah, I, mean, I remember when she sent that tweet out. Like <laughs> yeah. he's almost been playing my whole life. Uh, oh, yeah. Not quite. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I never in my life thought I'd, I'd bench Tom Brady in fantasy, but. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah. He's usually like, you know, draft number one, first, first pick, <laughs> depending on the league. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting to follow. Um, I do think he'll, he'll develop, uh, is the staff in place that will help him develop. So more to follow on that one. All right. So this one's a fun one to me. Um, so the past couple of weeks, uh, have been insane in terms of smaller teams, keeping it close against big teams. And in several cases, not just the sec actually beating them. So, uh, do you think that there's just more parity across college football now, or is this just coincidence? And one reason why I asked this is because the theory was that if NIL gets introduced, oh, the parody is just going to go away. The rich are just going to get richer and the poor are going to get poorer and nobody's going to, you know, it's like we're going to see the the haves uh, just keep uh, continue to build their resources and the have nots are just going to be in, you know, in the in the background. What do you think? I don't think it's either of those. Okay. I actually think it goes to what we were talking about earlier in the week. And I'm going to go back to the transfer portal. And I say that because I really think there's something to what coach Saban talked about when he said that there's not enough veteran leadership on the bench. There's not enough guys that have played before who understand the system, 
who have developed their talent that can come in and take the place of a starter. That that depth chart has been changing so much across every single program, but especially the bigger programs because people have talent. They don't want to sit behind someone else because they know they can easily transfer and go play and start elsewhere. So that bench that you rely on, that depth chart you rely on is is filled with these 18-year-old kids that just came from high school, haven't been in the program, you know, except for a summer, and they they just don't have the development that you need. And I think we've seen it a lot where in look at the games that people lost, some of them, not all of them, where you have a lot of starters out, you have people getting hurt, people getting injured, and you've got to pull people from the reserves. Now, some of it is absolutely, I think some of the teams were hyped up way too much. And sometimes all of the stars align for those Cinderella moments. We see it all the time in basketball, but I don't think it's as much NIL as it is just this turnover rate of, of teams, the starters start, and then the bench changes constantly. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I hadn't actually never really thought about that, but where you're at a point where yes, these big programs are recruiting like crazy. However, if those top recruits don't get playing time or if things don't go as they want, then they're out of there with a transfer portal. And then uh, you're left with, yes, you've got these great players who are starting, but maybe the depth is not there on the bench. And in, in theory, that should still be better at the bigger schools or uh, the, the, the blue bloods, the schools who have more NIL money, I I suppose, or whoever, uh, who are able to recruit better. But, um, but yeah, no, I think that could definitely be part of it as well. Honestly, I don't know uh, what the real answer is. I, I think it has been something interesting to, to watch. It'd be interesting statistically to compare this year to other years, maybe in the past five, 10 years or whatever, and to see if that many upsets of, you know, and I'm talking about like really small schools in comparison, like, like the App States or, um, you know, uh, Marshall beating uh, Notre Dame or, you know, things like that. We have to wonder too with, I mean, right, was it right before the season or right after we started that they announced they were expanding the playoff Mm -hmm. that gives these schools a chance they could actually play you know for a national title i don't know if that yeah well and and to your point if uh even if that's uh, that's not going to be this year but in order to to get yourself in position uh rankings wise you already kind of want to build towards that so next year they'll have you ranked higher possibly Yeah, supposedly they're not supposed to think about things like that, but it's in their minds, you know, it is. So, um, interesting. Okay. And yeah, I, um, I just thought that was something interesting. I, I've, I noticed that and I was like, we need to talk about this because this seems like, it seems like there's more parody this year and there's in theory should be less. So it's, uh, it's been wild. I don't know. And another thing, I don't know, it's not in the notes and it it's not in the speed round, but Uh, It is slightly SEC related. We talked last week or yeah, it was earlier this week about Nebraska reaching out to Urban Meyer about the coaching position. However, news has come out since then that they are actually looking at a couple different people, one of which is the offensive coordinator from Alabama, Bill O'Brien. Right. And just in case any other fandoms are curious, every single Alabama fan that I have seen 
post about this or react to it or talk about it is very okay with this and thinks that our offense will only do better when he is gone because all of us hate him. I was going to say, you're usually uh, pretty opposed to people poaching your coaches, but in this instance, not so much. Oh my God. Take him, please. I think he's a terrible person. And I also, so hold on. So, so this is great. This is a great, uh, a great, uh, a great time to just talk about this. Cause I, I think you were, you were texting us about it, but I think this is a great time to talk about it. So in your mind, Alabama's offensive struggles this year, and I say struggles, this is after, you know, just a couple of games, but know. you know, it's whatever really it is, <laughs> but, but <laughs> their offensive struggles are due solely to the play calling. There's like, it's not a some, personnel issue. It's not, it's, it's a, it's a play. Calling there's thing. some decision-making issues. Obviously penalties have killed us and a lot of them have been offensively. So that's not great. However, I think last year and what I've seen so far this season, I have not been impressed with the play calling. I think a lot of the play calls were dumb moves. There are certain instances where, you know, we're, we're getting down, you know, time's running out and we need a lot of yardage. And he's just like, yeah, we'll run it. Also at no point, at no point should your running back be your leading receiver. That's yeah. Yeah. That's no. wild to think about. It's insane. That means that none about. of your other receivers are an option. So your, your quarterback is just like, boom, check down to the running back. <laughs> I just, I think he makes a lot of bonehead moves. I also think he is an incredibly sketchy human being. Um, and I was not happy about the hire. I don't think a lot of people were. And so I would be more than happy to offer him to quite literally any team that wants him because I don't. And all of the Alabama, you know, Instagram accounts, all of it are showing like, here, take him, sir. And then are showing like a chart where the line goes. And it's like after after Bill O'Brien leaves and it's like the offense goes. Right. I I just, I don't think he fits. I really don't. I, I don't think he's great. Yeah, it's it, the offensive offensive coordinator position, or um, is is interesting because um, I remember back in the day when we had Todd Gurley and just all those guys who were it was just such a potent offense, and um, uh, everybody praised uh, Mike Bobo and not hating the guy. I think he, you know, whatever he he did good things at Georgia, whatever. However, it was interesting how he could call plays and, and score tons of points and all this impressive offensive um, things going on in the system. Uh, but when it came time, it was like the, the key games and those key times on key downs where it, it has, it's a make or break situation. He calls those just bonehead play mm-hmm. calls where you're like, what? So to me, it wasn't about, the overall product if you looked at the overall product you're like oh my gosh this guy is an incredible play caller but when it boils down to when it counts the most when you need that the most uh and the critical decision making in those play calls you're like no it's it's not it's something that i don't think anybody outside of alabama fandom would think about Mm -hmm. i don't think unless you religiously watch alabama football i don't think you notice this because our offense look at look at the scores mm-hmm. <laughs> stupid. yeah 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 no that's fair yeah but if you watch the games 
you're looking you're like, why would he, why is that? A, why would you do that? Why right. would you make that call right there? And you look and you're like, that, that's not on Bryce. Some of it's on Bryce. That's not on Bryce. It's just, yeah, it's, we're ready for him to go. Yeah. And I know you, um, and you notice it, the rest of the, the nation doesn't notice it because you're playing, especially the beginning of the season, you're playing smaller teams, but at the same time you watch that stuff and you go, okay, well, when we play, when we play a, uh, I don't know, just name some, when, when we play an LSU, when we play an Arkansas, when we play a whoever, just throw the name out there of a, of a bigger school uh, or a more, you, you know, one of your SEC opponents. Like, I don't know if that's going to work out so well. No, so, you can't. I mean, for us, it's always the Iron Bowl. You can't call those plays in the Iron Bowl. And right. Iron Bowl last year almost killed us as a fan right. base. We all were in cardiac arrest. That's a wild one. Oh, my we gosh. Cannot, we, you can't make those calls. You just can't. And, yeah, if you're making them against what we thought was going to be an easy Texas and against, you know, I forget who, teeny tiny schools. It's not you all Monroe. <laughs> yeah, you all Monroe. There we go it's, it's not going to work out. So, yeah. Uh, By the way, you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Texas and, uh, thank you <laughs> for all the discussion because the Texas fans and Texas A&M fans have been going at it on TikTok. So we posted the, uh, about Texas A&M was the, uh, the school that was the most ticked off, uh, when it was announced that Texas was joining and we posted that little, it's just like what, like a one or two minute clip It's not long at all. But man, people have been just going at it. This the the fandoms, <laughs> they're I not even it. mad at us. They're going no. back and forth at each other. <laughs> so. I think that's great. I'm glad um AM fans are taking out their frustration on someone other than me. And yeah. <laughs> that they are uh arguing with Texas. Oh, this is just a foreshadowing. This is just a foreshadowing of what it's going to be like when they're in the SEC. And then you, those fandoms, you can really go at it. Not just a what if scenario. That game. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's going to be nuts. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's uh, you're watching the birth or rebirth of a, you know, a wild. It's going to have to be a neutral site. I don't think they can have that game in Austin or at Kyle field. I just, I don't think they can. (laughs) I think it has to be like a Georgia, Florida. Yeah. The neutral site. Now I, I know people love Jacksonville and we're getting off on a tangent here, but I, they got to go home and home on that. I, and I agree I with Kirby. It helps recruiting, but it also does. the fact that I would rather just drive to Athens, you know, instead of driving to Jacksonville or, you know, whatever, it, you know, in the home and home scenario once every other year. So um, I don't know. All right. Well, um, hey, let's uh, let's talk about the games for, for this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. All right, and I promise everyone we're going to be out of the uh, the doldrums of some of these tune-up games soon. But there's, I mean, there's some good ones this week as well. You can't say that. We don't know. That's true. That's true. I mean, I, I was going to say I, I say that, but watch uh, Kent State keep it close against Georgia. Um, <clears throat> he didn't uh, play Kent State. Yes, yes, he did. He did. Uh, linebacker, correct? I think Nick so. Saban! Yeah. All right. Um, so Kent State one and two at number one, Georgia three and zero. Um, that is noon on ESPN Plus. Uh, Jesse, what is your prediction for this game? 
my prediction, and I know I just said we can't say this, but I'm going to say it. It's going to be boring. Um, I think it's going to be UGA like 52 to three. And I think the field goal comes in trash time. Okay. Um, Matt did put in his picks. Um, he put UGA 58 to three. Um, and in parentheses, he put bloodbath central. So um, I'm not going to go far from these. Uh, I'm going UGA 55 to seven. Again, I think um, that touchdown comes in garbage time. Um, and I want to say, no, I want to say after last week, they're inspired, you know, by the third stringers giving up a touchdown. They're like, that's not going to happen this week, but um, I don't want to overassume. I don't assume too much. So we'll go with that. 55, seven. All right. Uh, next is Missouri at two and one. Uh, zero and zero in the SEC at Auburn, uh, two and one, oh and oh in the SEC. So this, uh, both of these teams' first SEC game, noon on ESPN. Uh, Jesse, what's your pick for Missouri at Auburn? These are two teams that are pretty well matched, I would say. Can we call this the Pigskins and Pageantry Dumpster Fire Game of the Week? This would be quite you know, a that's a thing. Fire. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. These are two struggling teams. I think this is going to be a close one. It could be a toss up either way. And the only reason I'm going the way I am is because it's at Jordan hair. So I am picking Auburn 31 to 28, but regardless, the Tigers will win. Yes, that's right. Oh man. All right. Uh, Matt says Auburn 20 to 10. So uh, I'm like you. Um, so I think that uh, obviously this is between two struggling teams and um, I did also um, I put in my little notes here that um, I think that Auburn's going to win only because they're home. So I'm going uh, Auburn, let's see, 28 to 21. Okay. Should be a good one, though. Um, yeah, this will, this will be a good one to watch. It'll, it will show you just how bad both programs are. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. You know, watch Auburn go in there and they got embarrassed by Penn State and watch them like they're just like find some fire. I don't yeah. know. Yep. Um, I wonder what uh Brian Harson has that he could sacrifice. Oh, Gus was the sweater vest. Let me figure out like something. He probably for... sacrifices. I have no reason to think this at all. Yeah. But it's the first thing that came to my mind when I look at Brian Harson. I don't, again, there is nothing to back this up. Okay. I'm just imagining he sacrifices like Nicorette gum. Nicorette gum. Oh, he likes Nicorette gum in his pocket. I, lo- I, I love how specific that <laughs> that hunch is. <laughs> Again, I have no idea why I think this. I want to keep an eye out now. I'm going to see if he's, you know, like pulling some, you know, little, quick little Nicorette gum during the game. Got to satisfy that craving. <laughs> um. All right, next i'm real gonna be watching for that um next is uh bowling green at one and two at mississippi state two and one noon on sec network jesse your thoughts on this one mississippi state is back at home and they are probably licking their wounds so i am gonna say that the bulldogs take this one pretty easily 38 to 10 Okay, uh, Matt says Mississippi State as well, 28 to 10. Uh, I'm going to say Mississippi State also a um, little bit more for Mississippi State scoring-wise, 42 to 10. Um, all right, well, um, your CBS uh, SEC Game of the Week, uh, Gary Danielson, you guys are in for a treat. Um, <clears throat> number 20, Florida, 
at two and one, oh and one in the SEC at number eleven, Tennessee three and oh, uh, zero and zero in the SEC. Uh, three thirty on CBS. Jesse, this is a big game for both teams. Both teams wanting to prove things, not just to the not just to the world stage, but to themselves, right? What do you think? Yeah, this one is it's going to be a good one uh, to watch. I think there's going to be a lot of passion in this game. Florida is looking to prove themselves after that. Honestly, what shouldn't have been a win at home against South Florida. Tennessee is feeling very encouraged after taking Pitt to OT. And they want to prove that they deserve to be in the top 10. They're right there. They want to prove that the program's back. And against an SEC opponent, that's the perfect way to do it. So I'm going to have to go with uh, with the Vols, knowing that it is at uh, at home. So I'm going to pick the Vols 38 to 21. Okay. Um, Matt says he's not buying the hype, but he's going with Tennessee winning this one big. And I mean big, 42 to 14. Now, before I you know jump on that and say, hold on a second, Matt, are we getting a little overconfident? Look, so the experts are picking Tennessee, or at least the last I looked, the experts were picking Tennessee by about 10, about 10 Mm -hmm. points or so. But guys, have you seen this Florida offense? Like it's, it's bad. It's real bad. And so if Tennessee's defense shows up at all, I think they win by more than 10. Uh, I've got them a little bit more than that. Um, I've got uh, Tennessee winning this one 35 uh, to 21. So. 3521 Tennessee. Um, all right. Uh, next, we have Tulsa at 2 and 1 at uh, number 16, Old Miss at 3 and 0, 4 o'clock on SEC Network. Um, Jesse, your thoughts on the, I say, I say, your, I say your name like I'm going to, you know, talk to somebody else. <laughs> what are your um, thoughts? I, I think Old Miss and Lane Kiffin cruise through this one. Honestly, I don't think there's, there's much excitement here to be. Frank with you. So I'm picking Ole Miss 42 to 10. Okay. Ole Miss 42 to 10. Good pick. Matt's got Ole Miss 28 to 20. Wow. So he's got them in a kind of a little, uh, little uh, nail biter there. Um, I have Ole Miss getting this one pretty uh, soundly. I've got Ole Miss 45 to 21. 45-21. All right. Um, Northern Illinois at one and two at number eight, Kentucky at three and oh, seven o'clock on ESPN two. Uh, what do you think, Jesse? What you got? You know, wasn't it Northern Illinois that gave Vandy some trouble? Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to have the same success in, uh, in Kentucky. I think Lexington is safe from Northern Illinois and I am going to pick Kentucky at 32 to six. All right. Uh, Matt has Kentucky also winning 35 to 10. Uh, I'm also going with Kentucky uh, 38 to 14. All right. Uh, okay. So this is another one that I'm excited to watch. Uh, number 10, Arkansas, 3-0, and 1-0 in the SEC at number 23, Texas A&M, 2-1, uh, 0-0 in the SEC. That's 7 o'clock on ESPN from AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. And I think that's an important detail. But first, Jesse, what are your predictions? This is going to be, I think, a good one. I was, I think we all were very nervous about Arkansas last weekend and their performance and, you know, the ability of a smaller school to, to really hold them 
for the first half. So I think Arkansas gets it done, but I think it's going to be a close one. So I'm picking Arkansas in a, a battle where it's probably going to be, you know, very close at the half. I would say close in the third and then Arkansas pulls away in the fourth. I'm going to say the Razorbacks 32 to 28. Hopefully no noses are bitten off in the process. Hopefully all the noses are safe. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Matt's going with Arkansas as well. Uh, he says Arkansas is going to pull away late and win this one 38 to 28. Um, all right. So, yeah, I'm, I agree with you both. I'm going to go with Arkansas. But here's That's here's the thing. Like, have you have you seen the AM offense? I know I was picking on Florida's offense earlier, but like when I say Florida's offense is bad, like AM is like worse, <laughs> bad, worse. Um, this is a, a great stage for Arkansas to prove that they belong. Um, and I'm gonna say they get it done. They push AM out of the top 25 in the process. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, KJ Jefferson and Raheem Sanders have big games, I think. Um, and Arkansas wins this one in a, in a close one, um, 28 to 24. Ooh. I don't know. I think this one's, yeah, it's gonna be a fun one, another fun one to watch. So, um, this one's probably gonna be a fun one for you to watch, Jesse. I don't know about anybody else, but uh, Vanderbilt at three and one, oh and oh, in the SEC at number two, Alabama, three and oh. O and O in the SEC, uh, 7.30 on SEC Network. Jesse, what yeah, is your prediction? I'm I'm changing it. it I'm trying. Um, yeah. I'm going, I'm going less. Um, so I'm obviously picking <laughs> Alabama. This is, it'd be silly not to. It's at Brandon Stadium. It's also Vanderbilt. So I'm going to pick the Tide 52 to three. All righty. Field goal comes when the towel boys are on the field. Yeah. Okay. Matt is giving Vandy a little bit more credit, although not much. He's going Bama 49 to 10. I'm also going to go Bama big, uh, basically the same, but I put Vandy with seven again, garbage time. Yeah, probably, probably going to happen. So, um, all right. Uh, New Mexico at two and one. At LSU, also two and one, seven thirty on ESPN Plus. Jesse, your thoughts on New Mexico at LSU? This is a night game in Death Valley. They're coming off an SEC win against Mississippi State. They're starting to click. I'm picking the Tigers, thirty-two to ten. All right, Matt is also picking LSU, uh, fairly big as well, twenty-eight to ten. Uh, I'm also going LSU. I mean, I think there's, you know, no doubt about that. Uh, but uh, 38 to 7 is going to be the final score is what I'm going to say. Um, all right. And then the final one of the evening, Charlotte at 1 and 3 at South Carolina, 1 and 2, 730 on ESPNU. What's your prediction on the score for that one, Jesse? Oh, bless them. I, they got walloped last weekend. That was rough. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm going to go with the Gamecocks, 21 to 14. All right. Uh, Matt has uh, South Carolina also uh, 38 to 20. Uh, I'm going to go South Carolina, 45 to 21. So oh, you're encouraged. fun times. All right. So that does it for the uh, upcoming games. Uh, looking forward to those. Um, now let's do our just for fun. So um, I don't know if you get you guys. Uh, I went to a Florence and the Machine concert last night, so I'm in concert mode. Um, so in that vein, which SEC coach 
do you think has a musician alter ego? A la, if you guys have seen Parks and Rec, Ron Swanson, who secretly has a life as a musician playing the saxophone under the name of Duke Silver, uh, which is just a great storyline. Anyway, <clears throat> so um, Jesse, do you uh, do you have any coach that you just think you know what? I bet they could play music on the side and secretly in a secret identity, maybe wearing like a fake mustache or something. Yes, you do. do. Okay. Okay. And this, this could be reality. We just don't know. Um, Part of it is kind of reality. I'm, uh, I'm going to have to take Lane Kiffin. And I think he is secretly a white rapper (laughs) or attempting to be like a SoundCloud rapper. And his name is obviously Joey Fresh because his secret Tinder name was Joey Freshwater. So I'm going Lane Kiffin. It makes sense. That that's a yeah, that's a no doubter. Takes that visor and turns it around or sideways. Uh, (laughs) I love it. All right, so um, I was I was thinking about this one, and I decided that I had to go with um, Eli Drinkwitz. Um, but his is more of a, it's, it's more of like a, uh, like a coffee shop scene. Uh, mm-hmm. he's got like the, the black sweater, the black pants, he's got the beret and he's, uh, you know, the bar, the, the poetry bars where they they snap their fingers instead of clapping their hands, you know, um, that's him. And I don't know if that's entirely, you know, related to music. Maybe he works in a few tunes here and there, but that's, that's definitely what Eli is doing on, on the side. He does like slam poetry where he's like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's a few bongos in the background every after each stanza or something. Yeah. He's an open mic night guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. I mean, I, like him deciding to be secretly this like concert pianist and he is just like, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm trying to think of like a stage name for him. And I was thinking like, Elias wagon train or something like that. You can, you got to circle the wagons um, or maybe just toughness Tuesday. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's definitely the name of a poem. Yes. For sure. No doubt. No doubt. Oh man. Um, oh, real quick before, before we get to the end of the show. So I did, uh, I talked to uh, Grant and he did leave his thoughts uh, that he wanted me to share on, on this show. Um Tennessee fans, you may want to plug your ears. He's a Tennessee fan himself, but he says there's no chance Tennessee wins uh, too much uh, in their favor. Um, but then he says uh, Tillman is injured, Gators by at least 13. So Cedric Tillman is, being out is a factor, but uh, apparently he thinks it's going to be a bigger factor than some some believe. So, um, And then he says uh, Arkansas beats uh, A&M, which we also said. And then he said Vandy covers. So I guess he just means it's like covers the spread. <laughs> what is the spread? <laughs> uh, it's basically kind of what I said. It's it's a lot is what a it lot. is. Okay. <laughs> so I, I just said ha ha to that. I was like, yeah, I, I could see that. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, um, we're looking forward to those games coming up. Um, we really appreciate you guys listening to this another uh, mini episode or mini-sode of uh, Pigskins and Pageantry uh, focused on the upcoming games and a few other items. So if you'd like to contact us, please do so. Email us at pigskinsandpageantry at gmail.com. We are at Pigskins and Pageantry on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. 
Uh, on Twitter, we are at the SEC Podcast. Don't forget we are available for download on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, most podcasting apps for iPhone, Android, and other operating systems. We are on Amazon Music. Uh, don't forget that. That just happened like a week or two ago. Um, and uh, if I think of any others that we can try to get our, our uh, show on, I'll try to get on that platform as well and keep you guys updated. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and review five stars. We would love that. Um, hit the subscribe button on YouTube or uh, the follow and all these other pod, uh, podcast catcher apps. Uh, we would love that greatly as so you can keep up with us. Um, yeah, until next time, looking forward to this weekend's slate of games. This is Wes. Go dogs. Uh, dear Nebraska, if you need me to pay the postage to send Bill O'Brien to you, I gladly will do so. <laughs> Uh, but of course, real time.